throughout my whole life, I've had very differing, changing beliefs about right and wrong and God and reality. First, I didn't like God, and then I tried to convince myself that I did like God, and then I didn't believe in God, and now I'm at a confusing point, trying to open my mind to the concept of what God is. Uh, I've thought before that I was connected to mermaids in some way, to aliens in some way, to demons in some way at different points. I've identified with Buddhism, Taoism, nihilism, atheism, agnosticism. And then I recently realized that it's all right and wrong, depending on your perspective. And I, in contrast to you, Katie, I've always just kind of, um, I've always felt this way. I've just always felt like I don't know, and it's okay, and that life's definitely not what it seems, and I don't know, but I wasn't too bothered by it. And then I've learned things over the years that kind of help support it, and then I get to learn all these things recently, and then I meet people like you, and it just helps... I don't know. I feel very comfortable in knowing that uh, life is definitely more than we, we can tell. I've always known that. But you're just pretty much open to anything? Yeah. I mean, I have my preferences, sure, but I'm, I'm realistic to myself about them, that they are just preferences. So I don't get too hung up on that. I'm okay with not knowing. That's pretty much what we're going to talk about today, the different evolutions that we have went through and how we got here. Um, And if anybody wants to email us about your own evolution or for questions, comments, or criticisms, but be nice because we're kind of sensitive, but you can tell us the truth for sure, uh, you can email us at giantflyingballs at gmail.com. So, David, Katie, have you had any, uh, what, what is your most recent or your most, it doesn't have to be recent, but like something that sticks out to you that's important or recent, some insight you've had about reality, be it social or existential, that kind of like caused a sort of mental evolution in you? Well, <laughs> wait. So do you get... You know, you're thinking about... Because you've told me you're like me to where you're always thinking and analyzing what's happening around you. And you're always... Are you having like existential thoughts about life or like thinking about your interactions and analyzing things like that and having insights that happen? Because that happens to me like... I would say on a weekly basis, I have some sort of insight that kind of changes the way that I view reality. Okay, well... What is, yeah, what, what you're describing there does sound like something I've I kind of just incorporated into myself recently where, yeah, I'm always, I'm always kind of existentially looking at things, but I'm also, I'm also feeling it. So I'm both allowing myself to be my ego and be myself and be, be David and experience things. But behind the scenes, I feel more in control, like, uh, an observer of my own actions who can recognize my own feelings as they come up. So I think about things as they come up and I analyze things and it's hard to say if there's one one thing that's changed me recently. I'm I'm always I'm always kind of incorporating everything into my worldview. Um taking it for what it is. Things have been good lately. Uh I I feel I feel validated in my beliefs and just my little interactions. I feel that I definitely am manifesting my own reality without a doubt. Within within reason and limits as we as we know. So you don't, because when it happens for me, I like live for this shit. Like literally one of the things that makes life worth living to me is when I get an insight that allows me to incorporate a completely new perspective on my reality in some way. I like live for that shit and I mark it down in my books. It becomes something that is heavily ingrained into my head. So you don't do that though. You just kind of like incorporate it into your life and let it go. Yeah, because I still feel that steady, that steady core, that everything is, you know, just open to my interpretation. And what I will get is largely defined on my interpretation over the long term. So, so it just becomes a part of your nature and you don't really think about it. Yeah, at this point, I feel comfortable in those, in those revelations such that when I, I often have little mini revelations throughout the day 
or anytime I, I am able to be analytical about stuff. You know, I went through a little bit of a little bit of a down period this last week. Just just had to recharge. I, I don't know, just a little down. But even then, it wasn't down at all. I was okay with it. I recognized it for what it was. I just felt like recharging. It felt good, you know. You didn't have any introspections during that period. I did. I realized I gotta still, you know, do more things. I've I've got to be more active. I've got to uh, just do things. I was just thinking about things and and treat people. Be aware of how I'm coming off because self awareness is being aware of yourself and being aware of how others perceive you. So just reminding myself to be aware of how I'm perceived, not because I overly care, even though certainly I care. I'm sensitive to it, but at the same time, I've learned you really can't be. I mean, come on, you just can't be. So I'll always care, even as I act like I don't care at times, because what can you do? You can't really care at that too much. You just can't. So you care and you don't care. You don't dwell on it. It's literally both beliefs at once, and it's hard for people to follow sometimes. I get it. That's it's what both, this. Both that's arguments. what this whole podcast is about: is being able to hold multiple different perspectives at once. Shift mid um, mid conversation yeah, if need be, and you can. And people people don't like that at all. I, my brother recently, um, we kind of had a little debate, and then the next day we talked about it. And I, I can never tell when he's actually mad because we always mess with each other. But I guess he was actually really agitated. And he was like, you were saying two completely separate things and arguing them as if you 100% believed both of them. And I was like, because I did. Like, I did 100% believe both perspectives. So people don't think that... I almost think about it like in an uh, existential sense or like like a philosophical sense. I almost think about it as if different perspectives were not real they wouldn't exist. They exist. I don't know. I'm not educated on philosophy, so there's probably names for all this stuff. But like the mere fact that this perspective exists makes it real. So that means (laughs) that I can both have this perspective and also this contradictory perspective. You know what I mean? Right. Regardless of who else holds it, the fact that you're holding it right now it or is, anybody like well, you exactly, see what i'm saying yeah you're you're literally showing that it's a real thing yeah. by simply thinking yeah. about it and like this is getting a little off topic but i always think about how societally 8 billion people on this planet and each person is completely experiencing life in a different way and like i always think about how many people have experiences and perspectives that I've never even come across because there's no possible way for me to understand or experience their perspective because I have no idea who they are. I don't know anybody who knows them. I, You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy to think about. All hail the monad. <laughs> we should, yeah. Uh, the monad is something from this book and we're going to do an episode about it. So we'll just leave it at all hail the monad. <laughs> So recently, my most recent mental evolution, so there's this thing that experts in any given field do, you know, like, be it you have just started a new job and the manager is the one talking, or I've encountered it, I'm into astrology and I've encountered it with astrology experts. Uh, If you are into like magic or witchcraft, you'll encounter it with witchcraft experts or people who have been practicing witchcraft for many decades or years or whatever. Uh, Like any field with an expert, they do this thing, I have noticed, where they really stress to heed caution to they really harp on make sure you're prepared make sure you do your research make sure you use discernment and they like are really really almost like kind of fear-mongering in a way because they really want you to take things seriously and they're like beware so many bad things can happen if you don't take this seriously and then and then so i'm over here freaking out anytime these people talk like oh my god i need to i literally quit learning about astrology like i took a break from it because I heard so many and I've been into astrology for 10 years but I was studying hardcore for like a year and a half and I took a break because so many astrology experts and astrologers 
were basically saying, like really warning people who are newly getting into astrology of all the bad things that can happen and stuff like that if you don't take it seriously. And I literally took a break because I just like, I had this notion in my head with that and with magic. And anytime I start a new job, those are the three personal experiences I can talk about where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I really have to like find this knowledge and I can't do anything until I basically am a scholar on the subject. And then once I start actually dipping my toe into the subject, once I actually buy a book or once I actually start trying to do the thing or learn about the thing from good vetted sources, I realize that I was already taking the precautions that they were that they were talking about taking. I was already using the discernment. I was already heeding the warning, basically, um, just from my own critical thinking skills and using discernment. And I had this realization today, specifically, because I was listening to a podcast about deity work, which I am lightly dipping my toe into, very, very lightly, and they were warning about um, imposters and stuff like that. And I was like, I already, I was already intuitively aware of the possibility of imposters and already set up energetic boundaries just intuitively. And so like, I feel like the, nice. these heavy, yeah, these heavy warnings that come from experts, they're speaking to a very small percentage of the population that either willfully or just by nature lacks discernment, lacks critical thinking, lacks objective thinking. Um, and those people are probably not even doing enough research to hear those warnings. They're not going to hear those warnings. Uh. Who hears the warnings is people who actually are trying to practice the discernment and are already being cautious and stuff like that. So I guess I had this realization that you know, if there's anybody out there like me who is like, basically, I'm not worthy attitude because you get into something and you hear these experts really harp on being cautious. This is just something, I guess it's just like a, to make anybody feel comfortable who feels the same way as me to just like give you a pat on the back. If you're already worried about it, then you're already doing the things. Like if you're worried about it, you don't have to stress out and be like, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. You know, basically because... If you're worried about it, you're concerned about it, you're listening to the warnings, you're already heeding, you're already being cautious, if that makes sense. So that is my most recent perspective shift that I really like. No, that's great. That makes sense. I mean, you, you don't want to accidentally uh, roadblock yourself, you know, especially if the warnings were just meant to help, you know, and that's, that's kind of a funny and unfortunate fact. It might not reach the people. It won't reach everyone who needs to hear it. But you don't want to allow that to hold you back. So, yeah, that's good. That small, loud sector of the population that just fucks everything up, they're not listening to anybody else. They're just they're just talking loudly. So it's like, there there's almost no point in even, like... And I've, I've tried to talk to people before, like, have actual conversations with that type of person that everyone is worried about. The very small sector of the population that is just loud and you know uh angry and hostile or like just uncautious or just like a big ball of energy not not being self-aware just bouncing into everything around them i've tried to have conversations with people like that and they flat out ignore you they don't want to hear yeah, it they're not listening they don't want to hear it they like push you out of their reality <laughs> like there was this uh holier than thou vegan and i am i guess i would technically be a pescatarian because i sometimes eat fish but I am, you know, I would love if I could one day transition into veganism, but I don't know that health-wise that's going to happen. So I believe in the morals, but I cannot stand holier than thou people who put other people down. And this girl was putting other people down. She was a vegan and she was putting other people down specifically because of the environment. And I commented and said, do you eat tofu? Because tofu is more destructive to the environment unless you get tofu that's like grown in America. And, and very, and she didn't, she blocked me, David. She didn't even answer, she just blocked me. But so it's like people like that are, <coughs> She just blocked and, you as soon as you yeah, I said, said anything I to said, counter her? Yeah, all I, of... all I said was, do you eat tofu? And she blocked me. So she must have heard the point before and just, like, violently wanted to refute it. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. The the whole point is like I guess people like that are they're never they're, they 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 just are what they are, and we can't be letting them get us down. And uh, they're not know. ready to evolve. Or I mean, I don't even want to say evolve. Who knows what they are? Maybe well, they're whatever. maybe they're just like living in a fully separate reality or have a fully separate collective that serves them in some way who knows but it's just like you know don't beat yourself up about it i guess is the point you know what i mean when you were little when you were a kid were you aware that reality is not all that is right it's more than what is right in front of us did you have any paranormal experiences any spiritual experiences what were your what were your viewpoints and your thoughts and your experiences as a child? As a child, I didn't really think that there was a... didn't really think there was a God. I didn't... I wasn't 100% sure that there wasn't, but no. I really wasn't in tune, I don't think. I mean, I was sensitive to things. I was always intuitive, at least I'd like to believe. But I did not sense a mystical energy pervading the universe or anything that I feel now. I mean, it always felt, like I said, like there was something else, but I didn't really, it didn't worry me. It wasn't something I dwelled on. You just care. I call people like that casually conscious. So you just were like, yeah, it's probably there, who cares? Yeah. It was like, well, I can't really do anything about it, but it certainly was something fun to, you know, I, I would... I would allow myself to ponder at times, but it just felt natural to me. It felt okay. I was, yeah, casually, casually conscious. That sounds pretty, pretty, pretty correct. Yeah. Interesting. I won't say I was always self-aware, but I was always aware of that. So as a kid, my experiences, I feel like we have opposite experiences because I started out with like really wild spiritual insights and experiences and then I kind of shut it off and then it it has recently within the last few years really come back strong and then I feel like you started Mm. off with not a lot and then we're like it got a little more and then you're just like whatever now but so when I was a kid I obviously was was raised religious but I didn't really like the god that I was being taught about and I kind of had some experiences where I thought I was like evil in some way, which I'll talk about at a, at a later date. But I also believe, like, I just had like an innate understanding of the fact that there was a paranormal reality. I just assumed that there were supernatural things that I couldn't comprehend. I just assumed there were spirits. I literally assumed that there, not even just human spirits, I just assumed that there were many non three dimensional beings all around us at all times that could interact with our reality but we cannot which is really weird to think about because I also didn't know anything about string theory because we're talking like when I started becoming aware of this stuff it was when I moved into the blue house and I was six so I would have been six or seven and I just kind of like assumed these things it could also be attributed to watching a lot of the sci-fi channel with my dad though but (laughs) I kind of just assumed that, that there was a paranormal reality And I also recently remembered a few weird things I did as a kid. I obviously did the thing a lot of little girls do where they like go around their yard and collect sticks and plants and stuff and say that they're making potions, to which I definitely was told not to do that because it is evil. But (laughs) I did that. But I also, we had a microwave with a clock that counted seconds. And I used to sit in front of it and try to slow down time and i feel like it was like kind of starting to work but i was like psyching myself out because i was like i know i can do this but then i would be like i shouldn't be able to do this and then psych myself out (laughs) but like also i see you were reined in by the matrix yeah 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 (laughs) but also like i kind of had like I think I made up my own numerology like I made up numeric values for letters as a child I I remembered that when I learned about numerology a few years ago and then I kind of like put everything away for a while I would say because I mean I always just it was always there in the back of my head but religiously speaking I guess I was like really terrified of the paranormal reality and I was terrified of getting into it at all because, like, they'll they'll tell you that anything like that is of Satan or whatever. 
And so I kind of like, I feel like I really repressed it, even though I still believed in it and was still fascinated in it a little bit. But then when I was like 15, my dad started trying to open my mind. He, he literally called me grasshopper. <laughs> he would talk about, he taught me about the concept of timelines. He would really try to get me to astral project, which to this day, I will never do that on purpose. Um, I'm like so scared of it. But like, he had this whole book, how to learn how to astral project in 90 days or something like that, that he really wanted me to read. And he just like talked to me about like different perspectives and stuff. So he kind of started opening my mind there. And then when I was 16, I had this like toxic uh, situation ship where like I felt really strongly for this person and it was very back and forth and stuff. And so I like it started, and this is such a common story, it started by me looking up our zodiac signs. And then eventually it, that led to me learning about twin flames, which I no longer really think I believe in that concept in the way that it is spun. But like not to say there's anything wrong if you do or whatever, like beliefs are beliefs. Uh, I just personally don't feel like I align with it so much anymore. But so then I found out about Twin Flames. And from there, I found out about like I learned about different people's ideas of reincarnation. I actually learned from my dad as well. He told he told me when I was a kid that I was an indigo child, which I mean, once you dig deeper into that stuff, I technically would be way, way, way too young to be an indigo child. Uh, but whatever. And he also told me I was an empath, which is cringy as fuck because so many people now are like, I'm an empath. But like, I also think that we're all empaths. And I think that we are coming out of this period where we really have to feel special. We're becoming more of like um, a unity consciousness in a way. So I feel like the way that we had to be introduced to these things, we did have to feel special about it. But I do think everybody has the ability for empathy and for being an empath and can turn it on whenever they want. But regardless, he told me I was an empath and an indigo child and I looked those things up. And then I realized that astrology had planets. Like that is like such a groundbreaking revelation for anybody new to do astrology when they realize that you have a, a sign for every planet. And um, so then I started getting deep into astrology and I probably would have been like 18 at this time. And I would not allow myself to go extremely deep into astrology until I figured out how it worked, which I ended up learning like four years ago. I ended up finding this really old book that explained how the houses worked and how um, where we get the information from astrology, which basically it's just a uh, long built up schema of observed human behavior based on the cosmos. And from there, once I figured out how it worked, cause I didn't want to get deep into something unless, sorry, I'm also sick right now. So my voice is very iffy, but I didn't want to get deep into something um, until I knew how it worked. So as soon as I figured out how it worked a few years ago, I hardcore went into it, started buying books, started taking classes. And like, then I realized that it also requires a lot of math to be good at it. And I, I literally have a learning disability that makes it harder to do math. So like a lot of detailed math. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll never be a professional. I'll just be an extreme nerd about it, which is fine. So by the time I was learning about, when I was learning about reincarnation and timelines and all that kind of stuff, I had transitioned into being agnostic because like I said, I was trying to like, I guess, repress my belief in anything paranormal for a long time so that I didn't become evil and get tempted by the devil because I was like really terrified from my experiences. Once I started learning about like reincarnation and all that kind of stuff, and it was like, it was just like, it was how you said you felt when you saw the secret. I did see the secret too. Um, and I also saw this documentary called 
the true nature of human consciousness, a must-see for the human race, which is really dramatic, but it is not on YouTube anymore. But it was just a documentary with a bunch of yogis and astrologers, and they were talking about the Mayan calendar, and they were also talking about the age of Aquarius. And just seeing this stuff, I felt like there were little bits of uh, my own personal truth coming back to me into this lifetime like stuff that my soul already knew. And obviously not all of it, like a lot of it was, and this is so common for everyone, but when you're deconstructing Christianity and you then go into spirituality, a lot of beliefs that are the kind of the Christian morals in nature, the masterpiece created by God, special being uh, good versus evil, that kind of stuff, repackaged Christianity, it does seep into these and I no longer align with those values really, but there were kernels of truth in all of these things that were like my my personal truth. I won't say truth, but just stuff like how you explain the secret. When I heard it, I was just like, oh, this is something I already knew and it's coming back to me. And so then I was like agnostic, but spiritual. And then I guess, so like I went back and forth between consuming a lot of media at that time in like 2012 if you are woo woo you would have to really do some deep searches on google and you would find these websites that looked like flyers like like it looked like a flyer on the internet like it was all these different fonts and colors and it was just people saying crazy ass shit and you had to really pick through it that's what it was like back then there really wasn't a lot some people had blogs and stuff but like you didn't have a lot of options you didn't have a lot of sources but I was consuming as much as I could. Uh, and things actually did change really rapidly. Like there would be, you know, there would be one article that I found and that article was amazing. And then I come back to that same topic a few years later and that article is completely nowhere to be found. But I found this new one that's like expands upon it and it expands upon it in a way that I really appreciate or whatever. So I would always come back to the, the woo stuff and then in 2020 I actually oh, this is so crazy I forgot about this but like I knew I was moving to California in 2018 I, well I knew in 2018 that I was moving to California in 2020 so uh, I had this like crazy urge to start diving back into woo woo for no reason like deep deep back into it and i bought astrology books i bought this book called wikipedia that just like really talks about wiccan shit and tools and stuff like that which like i just wanted to know more i didn't know anything about witchcraft at that point so i'm like not wiccan or anything but if you are that's fine right, but you just wanted to know yeah i bought a book about uh did i say palm reading i bought a book about palm reading tarot uh wicca astrology and I started downloading podcasts and I really started like getting into this shit because I like knew it's like I on a subconscious level knew something was coming and then when I got here I was able to have the space from everybody else's beliefs and expectations I was isolated for like two years and I think I did that to myself on purpose and I started getting deep i found this podcast by coincidence that like i saw i was listening to podcasts and i saw in the recommended podcast there was one called soberish shout out super good heck yeah and i i thought that it was about alcoholism because at that time i was also drinking way more than normal so i was like kind of worried that now i realize that it, it was like almost medicinal like i think i was definitely using it in a medicinal way for that period of isolation and introspection because i still maintain that substances affect everybody's neurochemistry differently so while alcohol makes a lot of people angry or stupid it literally opens me up intuitively in some weird way i don't know how but it like opens my brain up i thought am i an alcoholic so i clicked on this podcast and i the first few episodes were about addiction and i don't know why i even kept listening to be honest with you i like i think i was just like bored or something but like then the the fourth episode hits and it's about like a near-death experience and it's about like crazy woo woo shit and like it's like my brain fucking exploded and opened up and i was like 
oh my god this is the thing that i've needed like this is the podcast that i have fucking needed and the person like the host talks in such a down-to-earth chill real way and that's my whole thing about like the woo community that makes it sometimes hard for me to be as much a part of it as i want to be is that like there's this belief that you have to be like this perfect you have to be like so happy and everyone's a special magical creature and like you just like talk like you're like everything is so good like don't ever think bad thoughts and stuff like that and like like just very um don't turn away that whole part of the psyche yeah 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 yeah. and it's like not real at all like real life is is messy and very seldom do we have magical moments that's just how life works which you know that's fine and that's what I want I want I want to hear something real so this was the first instance where I had heard talk people talking about these concepts and they sounded real and they sounded raw and they sounded like they were they you know were being a true human being um so it was like really good for me to hear that and it's also around the same time that I got that astrology book that taught me about how astrology works so I got into that hardcore and tiktok has been a huge fucking help because if you use it correctly if you really want to like the algorithm knows us so fucking well and i have always wanted to hear other perspectives and like learn about people's experiences that are um out of the ordinary but there's not a lot of people in the world who have those experiences so it takes a lot in order for you to find them but tiktok is just like oh no here's somebody who lives in appalachia and they have experiences with unknown cryptids all the time here's somebody who lives in uh whatever country and they have had mermaid experiences here's somebody who is a luciferian witch here's somebody who is a a green witch here's somebody who is an atheist witch here's somebody who is not a witch at all but does believe in timelines and here's somebody like it just shows you all these other facets of reality if that's what you want um it will show you that and so that really helped me too because i have this other thing where um david knows because we watched two alien documentaries last night And I was a real bitch about the one that he chose because I don't like when people state things that are unprovable as if they are fact. And it was like true documentary form. But what I do like is when people are telling their own experience. Like I'm much more likely to trust somebody talking about their experience. Obviously, I am a grown human being and I can practice discernment, but I am still much more likely to trust somebody talking about their own experience than I am likely to hear somebody talking about their their experiences as if it's some sort of doctrine like they create a doctrine a dogma out of it and that to me is like it's like the most repulsive thing I've ever heard in my life and that that was another problem with any time I try to get into spirituality is that before a few years ago and I think it's probably because that's all our human psyche could comprehend at the time we're evolving so quickly but like there was this notion that Like if you're somebody who wants to make alternative spirituality a big part of your life and you want to make that a part of your, you know, career path or whatever, which there's no shame in that. I have always felt that that's, even since I was a small child, I knew I was going to do something unconventional and spiritual in a way. And yeah, like I've always known, I just don't, never knew what it was, but that's just always what I wanted to do. I still haven't figured it out. We'll fucking figure it out. Maybe by the time I die, I'll have figured out what it is. But like there are... There, if we're lucky. Yeah, there are there are people and those people, there was this notion that if you do any sort of work that is spiritual work, you had to fall into the role of a teacher, basically. And I don't think that's how that works. I think obviously not everybody can be a fucking tarot reader or a channeler or a hypnotherapist or whatever. But if that's something that really feels like you and feels like the work that you feel like you're supposed to be doing... You don't have to do it from a, from like a teacher perspective. Like we all have different experiences and I think we're starting to realize this, that we all have very different life experiences and that means we all have something very different to offer and you don't have to do it in like a follow this dogma, this is the right way. But like I do feel bad that before a few years ago that is kind of the way people had to do it because that was the notion that if you're doing spiritual work, you have to be some sort of expert. You have to have some sort of hidden knowledge, which I don't think it is that way anymore. So now I'm moral of the story. 
my current mental evolution that I'm very happy with that I actually think is like it obviously it's one that is so flexible that it's not going to change. I think I'm pretty sure unless some crazy shit happens to me, but my current mental evolution is like I have fully deconstructed as I've also deconstructed um, Christianity fully. I have fully dis deconstructed beliefs that are like limiting really like I, like I no longer think that I have to hold myself to anything just for like some sort of virtue you know what I mean like I don't think anything is inherently like if it makes your life worse or it makes somebody else's life worse I'm obviously not talking about unconsensual things or whatever like affecting other people's lives I don't believe you should affect other people's lives unconsensually unless you're defending yourself but aside from that for your own life for your own self I don't think there's anything that is really bad or wrong it's just what the path of least resistance and I've deconstructed a lot of stuff about evil a lot of the stuff about like bad and stuff like that to where I'm just kind of like really viewing things like it's almost like before I intellectually was like yeah I believe this stuff but I've been having these weird experiences for the last couple years where I'm like fully embodying the stuff that I already believed and I'm understanding it from like a whole new perspective yeah do you see what constantly I mean? revisiting your own beliefs maybe even reaffirming how you feel now yeah well i'm just like it's not it's not that it's like so when you talk about for example you know substances i no longer think that any substance is inherently bad i i, I got really pious about being on adhd medication Right. And I was like, I don't need that as poison, da 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 da. But to me, I'm like, okay, if it is poison, you know, I, I'm a meat suit, a temporary meat suit. Do I want to be miserable my whole life? Do I want to feel unfocused my whole life? And I feel like people would push back on that and say, oh, well, you should learn how to do it yourself. Well, guess what, bitch? I fucking tried. I fucking tried for five years. And you know what ended up happening? I ended, I quit driving. I didn't have a job for two years. I literally like sat in a pit of isolation, which some of that was necessary, but some of that was too much. Uh, so to me, in order to function like an adult in this capitalistic society, a little bit of Adderall is yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. very helpful for me. And it, like, it literally makes me... The doctors are prescribing it. And you <laughs> yeah. know what? It's okay. Like, I see that. Well, yeah, I see that. Well, even... Like, there's a whole... Tr especially in the spiritual community, people do not like psych meds. And I get it. I was there for many years. I, I, I agree. I mean, sure. But like, at the same time, I, they shouldn't be fearing it. No, but... it's, it's like... First of all, I do still agree with the trope that a lot of people are over-medicated and Big Pharma is trying to over-medicate people for money. I do I, I want to add that. real fast that I myself am totally okay with the idea of it, and yet at the same time, I do not and have never taken any Yeah. because I've, uh, I've just not been willing to... Like, personally, I felt like I had my own... You know, I was sad, and mm -hmm. I felt like for me, though, I could identify why I was sad. Yeah. I just wasn't living living authentically the way I wanted to. So it was and, situational? Yeah, but I mean, well, I guess I've had it since I was a child, but like I've always just felt like it's because I wasn't who I wanted to be and I was not doing a good job becoming that person. I held myself to, I was very harsh on myself, that's all. Even though, yeah, no, I was definitely just too harsh on myself. And so I would escape. Um, mm. And anyways, I'm just saying that despite, despite the fact that I'm okay with the idea of trying uh, medicine, I just, for me, always felt like my, my sadness was identifiable. Like, I knew why. Yeah. I couldn't fix well, it myself. I, I, I was having trouble fixing it, clearly. But I knew why. I didn't think meds was what I needed. So that's kind of what I'm saying from the standpoint of um, just using the example of medication. Kind of what I'm saying is that I have deconstructed the idea that things are inherently good or bad because of x y or z and i have basically changed naturally not on purpose my right. perspective has shifted that if a thing or a concept is helping you more than it's hurting you keep doing it if a yeah. thing or a concept is hurting you more than it's helping you do not keep doing it and obviously there are nuances to that but that that is like the the sure definitely biggest mental it, evolution 
that has happened for me in the last few years and that's kind of where I'm at right now and also then the second part to that is I don't really believe anything is the one true way I think that there's room for everything I think that the true nature of reality is ethereal chaos as I like to put it I think that you know um, fucking mermaids probably exist even if not in this realm maybe in another one timelines exist destiny exists fates exist maybe a creator exists that one I'm not too sure about but maybe a creator exists but also a creator doesn't exist and it's just the unity consciousness and it's all like everything fucking exists you know what I mean and um, I feel like that's the thing that has really solidified to where it leaves me so much room um, and that's where I'm at now in like uh existential and spiritual perspective yeah and yeah so when did you start opening yourself up 20s <laughs> no like so when did you start going from the point where you no longer really you know you said when you were a kid you didn't really care um you were just like yeah there's probably something more but who cares and then when did that start opening up for you so i'd say um yeah mostly in in my late 20s I just, um, I began to notice synchronicities in my day-to-day -day life. I would just, I just kept noticing that my reality was, seemed to really match my subconscious, you know, beliefs, and that it would affirm how I was feeling. I would notice if I was feeling excellent, I would notice excellent things happening. You know, just, just little day-to-day -day things, just tiny, just vibes throughout the day, other people, the way they act, um. Uh, things coming together properly versus if you're frazzled and upset and worried and stressed, then it's probably gonna there's gonna be issues. You know, your project might not get done for work, for example, because I worked a lot. I believe I said it before, but there was a time when I needed a sign, and I just asked for one, and I literally saw <coughs> as soon as I asked for it, I was driving in an area that I, I drove past, you know, semi frequently here and there. And I never noticed it before. There was a sign. And it said Crockett Drive. And I'm literally, you know, that was my name. It's not your last name anymore. Not, that was your original last name. Yeah. My mom remarried. My dad adopted us. So so I took his last name. But yes, I was David Crockett the third. Um, <laughs> anyways, you know, little things like that. I was flabbergasted when, that, when I saw that, by the way. I was... You I told still... me something about trees. Hmm. a synchronicity with trees hmm. and you said like when you were explaining it i thought it was cool because when you were explaining it the like to you i could tell that it was a very meaningful synchronicity to you oh yeah but it, you couldn't explain why because it was you felt it it was emotional and intuitive and there yeah. isn't there wasn't like a logical reason why it felt synchronistic to you correct so yes lots of signs what just was like that, one? that so well that one i was I mean, it's again, it's still hard to describe, but basically I was also going through, it was, it was fairly recent, you know, not too long, not terribly long before I moved here to California, maybe within a year before that. And I was just driving home and I was just emotional and, and I just, I don't know, I needed a sign. I just, I, I just, I, I wanted, you know, I just like wanted to see something pretty, something, something to just let me know for sure. And I literally saw all of a sudden I was driving on the interstate and all of a sudden there were a bunch of palm trees to my right and um, uh, a swirl of leaves through the air, like literally like art, uh, just swirling through the air. Like like you would see in an animation, like someone would draw it, you know, just a cutesy little flutter through and then a circle and then another circle. Like just art, just freaking like, and it came kind of close to my car too and went over and behind me. I was like, what in the, what? Okay. All right. All right. I'm grateful again. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> you know. Wait, that was grateful. when you lived here? No, it was within a year of coming here. You have palm trees in South Carolina? Yeah. Oh, wow. God, they just put them everywhere. They don't belong. Well, you don't typically see them on the interstate, so that's another weird thing about it, you know. I'm telling yeah. you, it's almost just like those trees just came for me. Oh, yeah, you have just, tree friends. Yeah, I guess so. That's cool. It was just something to show me as I was driving that I noticed. Yeah, that's cool. So then what? You told me something about when you were in the army. Mm, I don't know. Well, lots of stories in the army. No, you had a synchronicity thing in the army you told me about. Or something that opened your mind up. You said maybe that was the first time that you started becoming aware. Oh, I was just kind of describing. I, I'm literally imagining a time when I... It was like when I ordered my first set of electro electronic drums that I returned. It was 
you know, good times. I had just gotten to Fort Bliss, Texas. It was Christmas. It was cold outside. I was walking around. I was feeling good. I literally, I'm picturing that right now as I, uh, as I remember. Um, I had just really good, a good feeling. I just started feeling good about things like I was supposed to be here. I don't know. Like I was in tune with my ancestors or something. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I didn't, didn't have a reason for thinking that. I just, I just felt that way. Felt good. Felt, felt like this was right. It felt good, you know. That's good. Yeah, lots of lots of little and a little lots of good good experiences in the military for the most part. So after that, you know, I finally moved to California, and uh, things have been kind of pretty amazing. I mean, I I guess I went through like not really having. I, I sort of got kicked out of my place that I was in. That le- no, that led to good stuff. Then well, you ended up. You got. The, would you have even got this instrument if you hadn't moved in with a bunch of musicians? <laughs> no, I'm serious though, right? Yeah, probably not. You know. Yeah. Um, I just. And you love this thing. I do. I do. I do love this thing. I have this beautiful drum that I've been jamming and noxiously playing this whole time, and uh, yes, this thing's. This is just one of them. Uh, you're right. Yeah. And the other things as well. You know, we would have never became friends if you hadn't got kicked out. And you're probably going to go down in history, in my history, as one of my favorite friends. So You're absolutely one of my favorite friends. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and then what else? You Didn't you get out of a toxic relationship as well? I did. I got out of one. and But I, I basically willed it to, to come about, if I'm being honest with myself, like deep down, like honest with myself. I knew it could happen, and I allowed it to happen after I even realized the signs. I allowed it to happen anyways. You're I wanted saying you it. willed the toxic relationship? Yeah. You wanted the toxic? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Maybe I just wanted to like, be... Like, did you want to be punished or something? Yeah, I think so. I'm not saying... Like, obviously, I'm not sitting around imagining it, right? But at the same time, I kind of knew... I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I wanted... I wanted. I chose it. I didn't. I didn't leave when it came about because it had a lot of things, and I just should have been more able to walk away. I don't really know. It was just such a special thing, and I told myself all the things that people who get into abusive relationships tell themselves. You know, obviously, I definitely loved the hell out of her, and she loved the hell out of me, no doubt. Otherwise, I wouldn't have. You know, in the first place, it continued with it. If it was just not good, no. But. That still isn't enough, I think and that's that what I've learned. The way that men talk about abusive relationships makes me really sad because you're acting like obviously there's something to be said about you know no even if the relationship is really bad, they were still a big part of your life and probably taught you things, but. I just think it's crazy that the way men talk about this kind of stuff, it's like, oh, no big deal, I, you know, whatever. But, like, if you were socialized as a woman, it would be much different. You would, It would be okay for you to be like, fuck that bitch, basically. You know, like, <laughs> what a piece of shit. I mean, okay, look, I'm fucking mad at her. I, I haven't been able to completely forgive her yet. To Whenever I've, I've totally forgiven her completely you know like truly without even needing to remind myself to to forgive her that's when i'll know that i've actually forgiven her and that's when i'll probably call her and have a uh uh talk about everything but until then i can't offer her any closure or anything you better not get battered women's syndrome (laughs) battered women's don't be calling abusive exes david Leave them in the past. You don't need to talk about shit. Let's. Well, you're right, and I've thought about that too. I, pro- but at the same time, I, I would like to it for myself. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's not like I would continue anything with it. But then again, she's fucking crazy. Yeah. Don't ever. Don't do that. Yeah. Maybe just don't bring her back. It sucks don't. though. You know. That's what. That's pretty much why. Actually, specifically, why I have trouble uh, forgiving her sometimes. This is a tangent. I'm almost done talking about that's, this. No, but... it's your, this is your experience. You you've barely talked at all. I talked for like fucking thirty minutes. So <laughs> go. Okay. Well, it's like one of the reasons that I find it hard to forgive her is because she tainted. She tainted everything. It was so good, and then it's it's hard to remember the loving stuff and the good stuff without getting mad because I'm mad about the other stuff and it makes it makes me angry to the point where it makes me where it makes it harder to forgive literally because I'm because it's because she tainted it yeah because I can't skip it I can't separate it it sucks it's like oh I just have to 
Like what? I basically just like kind of ignore those six months of memories, and that sucks. <coughs> this good is memories a, and bad memories. A weird comparison, but I feel the same way about like I call him my stepdad, but they were never married. There are plenty of things that I learned from him, and I did for the first couple years that he was with my mom. I did really view him as like a a father figure. Um, and then he started being, I won't get into it, but eh, not good. And it started to get a little weird, but there also were time, like, it. there were still times where I felt like I learned valuable lessons from him and stuff like that. But then there were other times where, like, you know, it was, like, toxic and shit. So I feel like, I feel you, I understand. It's like, it sucks when you have to think... And it's like, you were at a very formative time in your life because you were moving here and completely uprooting my life, or your life. I was at a very formative time because I was a fucking teenager. So it's like, when you're really impressionable and you are, you're, you're like, learning and growing so much and this person is like a good force and a helpful force, but also a really, really, really bad and negative force, it does fucking suck because it's like, mm-hmm. how how do you compartmentalize how do you separate the two it it's very difficult you really just have to accept the whole shadow that's cast from uh from from the negative yeah. you have to accept that on top of all of that that's now on top of and overlaid with the positive yeah it's fucking weird though like and it makes me sad for human beings because I still don't believe that those people are evil people. They oh, she's just, not evil. There's Jeez, definitely things that. that made them the way they were. But yeah, for sure. Nah, I mean, for your own self-respect, you should. Right. Even talk that's to that's her. yeah. <laughs> pro- who knows? I don't know if I follow follow that advice. In the end, I'd like to be able to to offer that for both of us. But that's also just kind of a. A nice thought, right? At the same time, I know I don't owe her shit. Well, it's not that. It's like, I hope that people like that get help. And I hope that they... She'll probably never treat anyone that way again. That I think I, I drove her like love crazy. Okay. Well, that's not a good excuse, David. And it's also a common... No, we're, you can't even say that. It's not romantic. That is a common manipulation tactic from abusers. And no, that's not an okay thing to say. Abuse I just love you so much. You just... You make me do this because I love you so much. No, that's not okay. It's not an okay narrative to even say, oh, like, there's nothing cute about that. I don't know. She claims she'd never been that way with anyone before. A lot of abusers do, but I have a I have a good friend who gets in a lot of abusive relationships. Well, I'm not defending that. It's not even. Exactly. All I'm saying though is that, like, for your own self-respect, just because yeah. you can appreciate the good, I don't think you should. Yeah, I probably won't. I don't think you should. That's why I haven't called her back at all. Sucks. Sucks though. Well, like I said, I learned my lessons, or I learned some very, to me, valuable lessons, but it was, I, I like to call them a little too expensive. So, I, in, in any case, I'm grateful for all of that. Um, it was a hell of an experience. And, you know, if nothing else, it lets me connect with other people who've gone through stuff. Like I said, there's silver linings in everything. And uh, where I'm at now, you know, where literally the day... The very final day that I saw I saw her was the day before my birthday, and I basically moved back in with my <laughs> roommate who I had lost my room. A whole mess, whole mess. It was We're the not... day before your birthday? Yeah, it was kind of sucky. I guess it was maybe actually technically two days. I don't remember. Whatever. The very last day. And then on my birthday, I did have to go to work because I just had four days off. <laughs> I got my raise. I got a $10,000 a year raise. And I just, I don't know. I just felt like things were looking up. My friends my friends immediately reconnected. Because honestly, I had lost my friends at work to some extent. Because this, this bitch was crazy. <laughs> and jealous. Like, I'm a, like, like look through your phone jealous. Like, like no good. No good. Oh, why do I, oh, why okay. would I allow that? Huh? Why would I do that? I mean, so, hey, yeah. a lot of people look through phones still. I don't know why. That seems crazy to me, but... Right. <clears throat> like, if you don't trust them, what the fuck? I don't know. Anyways, I wish I'd handled myself differently in certain situations, but in the end, I, the only answer was to leave, and I wasn't willing to make that, and then that was my punishment. And until I learned the lesson, it got worse and worse. 
that was what the universe deigned for me. I got a little worse than it needed to be. <laughs> but again, I got that raise. Things started looking up. I've been really in great spirits. Um, probably about for a month and a half after that, it was... Uh, I felt, you know, I was able to feel very joyous, but I also, if I got too in my head or was alone too long, I could definitely get to a very, very, very sad period. This is when you were... This is right after the breakup. Okay. So, like, for a month, month and a half or so, maybe, I don't know, two months, whatever. I, I'm not sure. At like least I felt good and happy most of the time, but I could get pretty low if I, if you know, just mm -hmm. here and there. I mean, shit, that was a lot to process. I just lost my person who was also the bad person. So yeah, and then the good with the bad, and you just don't want to think about it. You just have to let it all go. I don't know. I don't even have any pictures from that period, you know? She deleted all the pictures of me and her, you know, and of me, any she had taken, you know? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of thing. That's something that a lot of... A lot of younger people do, not yeah, I'm thirty like, year olds. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck? I don't know." But and then Oof. and then what? But I I ended up uh like you said that led to a few months in, um I ended up in that situation where I moved in with Richard, became your neighbor, you know I'm literally, literally for a quite some time I had been manifesting this this time to to move in and live with Richard. Like, I kind of just knew it was always going to happen. Oh, you knew where you were going to live with Richard? Yeah. Aww. Yeah, I did know. I did know that. I, I, I don't know how. There's no reason I can tell you that That's I knew. That's so cute. Yeah, I knew, I, knew, I knew it right when I met him. He actually says he wrote me off completely. He's like, oh, that guy's straight as hell, which I <laughs> pretty much am. But, um, you know, I still saw something special in him. Um, and then he said that I was just talking to him and then he was, he was like, oh, you're, you're pretty cool. So we Can I tell friends. them about how I hated you at first? <laughs> so I, I barely remembered David, but a while back, like there was a whole thing where Rich I felt like David was leading Richard on, but I don't really know cause Richard doesn't talk about his feelings a lot, but Definitely I, I was just, not. It just seemed like that, and I did not like you. Then when you reintroduced yourself to me, I was like, this fucking guy's back. I do. <laughs> I, I do vaguely remember you being like that. And, mean, then, and then there was the night where I was trying to convince you to just, like, marry Richard. <laughs> and Richard's like, can you please stop? You don't You don't have to do this. And oh, I, didn't, I remember. He I was did, like... I what? didn't. I didn't realize you had moved in either, so that I had to make it even more awkward. If you weren't the David that you are, it would have made it way more awkward. <laughs> <laughs> My specialty. But, oh, that was that was actually nice. That was nice. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. No, Richard and I are good. But yeah, I was manifesting this this uh, living with Richard and playing music with them. That was always going to happen. I didn't expect us to be living together before we start playing, but I'm really excited because I have exceedingly high hopes. I have seen many... How the fuck are you going to play this, this fucking hippie drum with their metal band? Number one, I'm mainly a real drummer. I play the real drums. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. You knew that. You just forgot again. I probably did forget. Yeah, you yeah, knew. I'm sorry. It's okay. I've got a badass drum set. Um, I've seen a lot of things when playing music with them. And just like little beats and whatnot, we are super compatible. And Richard and I have played music together a little bit. We're super compatible. I have a lot of lessons to learn. I have not. I am not an experienced musician playing with others. There's a lot of lessons I don't know, but I'm a pretty good drummer. I've definitely got a good groove. I'm good at being in the pocket. And I've got a good primal sense for it. You know, just yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, drummers have to. You only have so many notes and pads. You got to play them a thousand different ways. Yeah, you gotta be in the pocket. I didn't know you were actually, you actually played instruments. I thought you were just fucked around with these. I literally did not know you actually played instruments at all. Just drums. You probably did tell me, but. Just drums, yeah. But oh, I'm a drummer. Did not know that. Drums are so much fun. They satisfy something. I something always deep. Feel, felt like if I was gonna learn an instrument, that's the one that I would have to do because ADHD, I can't be, I, like, for the exact reason you're saying, I can't be, I tried to do guitar, it was too much for me. I need to be able to just hit things, you know? Well, this is a lot of fun to play, and this is this is teaching me about music theory. One of the reasons I love this thing, because it's got actual notes. See? Yeah. Eight is one. One is eight. There's seven letters, you know? Just And then learning which ones play together and really putting the chords together. 
I also am about to learn keyboard. I'm about, uh, Ooh, that'd be fun too. Oh, absolutely. Anything where you can literally just smack things. Yes. Yeah. You know the keyboard is a percussive instrument is what it's classified as. I did not know as. that. It sure is. Wait, it's a piano? A, a piano. A real piano. A grand piano wow. is a, is a, it's a, it's a percussive oh, instrument. Yes. Interesting. It was originally formed as a string. It was classified as string, but not terribly long later, they ended up switching it. Cause you're, you're striking with a hammer, a chord. Yeah. You, how you Maybe it's it. just the violence in me that's like, yeah, I just want to strike it. I'm sorry I hit your expensive instrument so hard. <laughs> it can handle it. I'm glad. No, it, it begs for abuse. Okay. It begs for abuse. Okay. <laughs> oh, this baby's okay, gonna wait, get wait, years wait, of play. Wait, 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 this baby's wait, gonna get wait, years of play. Wait, where are you now? What is your so? What is your outlook on reality and life at this point? So I feel like again, I've manifested things, and this is what I, I kind of I just I truly believe in the law of attraction. I 100% believe that that it somehow works. I, it could be. For all sorts of maybe explainable reasons that we could eventually explain why it works, how it works, if consciousness truly does affect the reality that we experience, I believe it does. I think it has a, a special properties for interacting. I, you know, I, I do feel that it is something we're always going to dig into, and science will help one day shed. You know, science is just tools for it. But you know, even before you do the science, you have to consider it in the first place, and that's up to us and our conscious thoughts to to think of and and you know describe. Uh, so I definitely feel like we we manifest our own reality. I feel like life is good for me personally, even even when it's bad, because it's not bad. Because I know that I know it's okay. I know the way you experience it. That's up to you, more or less. It really, truly is. I do not fully be believe that we manifest our own reality. I think there's other things that come into it, but like we, like I feel like we could have a whole discussion about that. And the like, I want to intertwine the concepts of divine intervention, fate, timelines, and intentional manifestation. I want to have an episode where we like intertwine those, which I don't know how we're going to do it. But well, I'll say this too to add on to that exactly. You manifest it, but that's within still within limits and reason. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. In the immediate, no, you don't just you don't just suddenly have something you want. Mm -hmm. But over time, if you believe that things are going to go towards a certain direction, yeah, I think I did that too. It's it's a shared dream. It is a shared conscious is a shared thing and, and as other people allow it or accept it or the universe creates those opportunities it builds towards it so if you're old and about to die yes it might be too late to think long term at that point okay but you need to already be thinking about long term all the time and then you know follow up on inspired thought you know what i do when i unintentionally manifest i like set the this intention that i'm gonna do something crazy like uh when i was like 20 I had this whole thing where I was going to move to California and okay. I started doing all this because I I didn't know that it was overcrowded at that time I just thought oh it's gonna be a fun cool place with open-minded people and it's gonna be by the ocean which is why everyone moves here uh, which I would say like maybe rethink it it's, it's but anyway um, <laughs> for several reasons <laughs> for several reasons for the people living here and for yourself but anyway I told myself when I was like 20 I had this whole thing where I was like I am going to be moving to California but I thought like I'm going to do all the research and save up money for six months and then move okay this is how my brain works and so I was like doing all this research I was applying the freaking jobs and shit and obviously nobody called me back so I didn't know what I was doing and uh, I had a couple instances before I married John where I was, Savannah's grandpa had a house and we were going to come live here and then she got a boyfriend and didn't want to go. And then Maria's family had a house and we were able to go stay with them. But then she got a boyfriend and we didn't go. And then it's always fucking men. I swear to God. This ugh. Anyway. <laughs> and then when I met Sean, like four years after this frenzy, it just so happened, like I instantly, it, uh, it was one of those things where I was like, I, I instantly knew, I was like, he's going to be in my life for a while. I'm going to keep him. And then he told me that he had just swore into the Navy. And then he figured out he was getting stationed in California. And I was like, well, 
Wow. Guess I fucking manifested this. Yes, that's what I'm talking about, Kate. <laughs> that's the kind of manifesting that manifesting that's what it that's what it actually looks like. That is a yeah. prime, prime example of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's like reality was like pushing it towards yes. me and then pulling back yes. and then pushing it towards me and yes. then pulling back and then it was like here you go. So it was crazy. Yeah. It was always offering alternatives and different paths. And you can choose which ones you go down with before you know it. You know, it's yeah. just a river and you shouldn't fight too hard. You should kind of float with it. You could go against it. Yeah. And if you're maybe you're really strong, just ignore it. But geez, that's hard. And even then, wouldn't you get further if you go with it? Mm-hmm. Use and then it, also... ride it, and adjust which, which way you flow. Yeah, yeah. Also, I told you. Remember how I told you that literally since I have had a full-time job, I have been plotting a way that I could work, like basically manipulate capitalism and work part-time and then do whatever my creative side hustle that I want. Because I just always knew that... That's not manipulating. um, That's what it should look like. But like that, I've been trying to find a way since I've been trying to plan it. I've been trying to find some way to do that. It's called moonlighting, by the way. What is it? Moonlighting. What does that mean? basically having your own project outside of work okay but yeah but i like i know myself and i couldn't do work full-time or more than full-time and then also do that and it obviously that was true because that's what happened but i told you i've been trying to figure out how to work part-time and also do my shit on the side and i never could figure it out because i always had to work full-time like since i was an adult to (laughs) in order to pay my bills obviously and then obviously i come here and I didn't really quite do that because I took a couple years, but then, you know, the Navy was paying our bills and now I do have a part-time job and I'm still working on things on the side and it's ex- literally exactly what I've always wanted since I've been of working age, which is crazy. That would also be what I'm talking about. It's not like your life suddenly immediately drastically changed, although it could be at certain points, but this is what this is what that looks like. This is what manifesting practice, is it's, it's yeah. not crazy it's just your your true reality is a reflection of how you've been feeling uh at your subconscious level for a long time because your subconscious represents all like the thoughts you have that you don't pay attention to oh david don't tell me about the subconscious that's literally my job that's true <laughs> yeah you're a, you're a literal hypnotherapist yeah it's all about the which subconscious which is super cool i'm looking forward to doing our past life for me yeah i want to do that in a couple days yeah we're gonna do a live past life regression on david i do want to have a conversation a philosophical conversation about the subconscious and how it works and dreams and how they coincide and then i want to do the live past life regression on you which i feel like that's going to end up being two episodes or one really long one but guess yeah, we'll find out we'll find out so um, not a very good transition but we kind of got off topic but like uh, we came to the conclusion when we were talking about this episode that we have a very good contrast because David has a very honestly you have you have a more traditionally feminine perspective just intuitive go with the flow whatever happens and my perspective is definitely more like got to keep learning, got to make sense of it, got to do this, got to do that, uh, basically kind of thing. And we also concluded that like, I have a very pessimistic, which I actually, I, I have a pessimistic outlook on life and a nihilistic outlook on life, but it's not like, I don't think it's bad. I think it's fucking good. And I think it serves a purpose. And I think that like, obviously everybody can't be all sunshine and daisies all the time. And then David, he has more of like a very positive outlook on life. Like, your your relationship with spirituality is definitely more like nurturing go with the flow flexible intuitive type of thing am i correct in saying that yeah yeah sounds that sounds right yeah i kind of came up with this idea that david is the angel on your shoulder and i am the devil on your shoulder (laughs) david i need you to channel a good ending from your fairies ending is guaranteed you know no i mean a good ending to this i know what you mean